Welcome to the Atlanta Sports Party, your home for the best Atlanta sports talk. It's local insight. You can't get anywhere but right here at Locked On. I am your host, Tanitra Batiste. Alongside me today is Maria Martin. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started. The Atlanta Sports Party is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kind of coming up later, we will dive into the front runners for Flowery Branch and we'll take you around the metro. But let's get the party started with our top take. So, Maria, the Hawks escaped with a 106-104 win over the Magic Wednesday thanks to a buzzer beater by DeJounte Murray. And that now makes it two straight for the Hawks. They've improved to 17 and 23 on the season. And, you know, Trey Young and Quinn Snyder both called out the lack of communication across the team that led to some of those more recent losses, right? And so when I was looking at the game and kind of looking back at the buzzer beater from DJ, I thought to myself, it looked like, wow, that's the kind of symmetry, symmetry the kind of chemistry, the kind of connectivity that we're hoping we could see every game, but we don't quite see it. So I wondered if maybe that winning bucket, the way Trey made the assist to DJ, if that could make you feel like maybe it made me feel, which was eh, maybe they're working on improving communication. And maybe as we approach the back half of the season, that can kind of turn things around. First of all, isn't it so exciting? Every single time they play the Magic, it just feels like it's such a good yes. contest. Like it was, it was so entertaining right until the very end. Uh, you had Paolo Banchero hitting that bucket and then right on the other end, DeJounte Murray getting his first career buzzer beater. Yes. Um, it was seriously the coolest thing. Um, I think it's too small of a sample size, to be honest with you, because there's mm -hmm. so many inconsistencies with yeah. their relationship, as we know. Um, I feel like they just give us glimmers of hope sometimes and we want to hold yep. on to that I and then so they too. rip it away. <laughs> so I, yeah. I, don't, I don't know that, you know, that game can give us a full sample size of what they could potentially be. Um, it seems as though the days of DeJounte Murray could be dwindling in Atlanta, um, yeah. which does stink. And I think that if he were to stay around, you know, he's certainly making a case as to why he could, if that relationship could continue to do exactly what it did. I thought the communication between them two against the Magic and even you saw bright spots against the Spurs. Mm -hmm. If that continues, which that is a big if, because we still have not seen that on yeah. a consistent basis, right. then yeah, I feel good about their relationship. And, you know, Quinn, as you mentioned, Tanitra had said that the communication had been the biggest issue for this team. That was the one tiny little step forward that we saw mm -hmm. was that buzzer beater against the Magic, but I'm not totally yeah. convinced that they could sustain that. I think so. And I think the record is kind of what backs up what you're saying, because the excitement around the two wins, the back to back wins, if you will, is because they're few and far between. Yeah. And you have to go back three weeks to get two wins in a row. And then you have to go back another three weeks to get two more wins in a row. Unfortunately, we see losses strung together by this team more so than anything. And a lot of times it is because there's a communication breakdown and you're kind of looking and it could be. Everything from within the backcourt between Trey and DeJounte to between the, the backcourt and the frontcourt. Sometimes it's coming off the bench and it's like, okay, you guys all practice together. So whether Bogey's in or Trey's in or DeJounte's in, it shouldn't matter. It should be a seamless transition like we've seen many in many years past. But ultimately, yeah, I think that while we would love to, we're always kind of looking for something that points to, yeah, this could be the best backcourt in the NBA that we thought it had possibilities of being. 
but you yeah. never know because they're only as good as their last game, which we're going to see in their next game when they go into your, your old neck of the woods to take on the Heat mm-hmm. Friday, which we know is a nemesis situation for the Hawks at all times. Yeah. You never quite know what you're going to get. The Hawks always battle against the Heat, just like they do against the Magic. But as we know, in the Magic series, they're now up 2-1 for the season. But as we know, they're looking for their first win against the Heat of the season this coming Friday. But here's an interesting thing as well that I think we've been kind of looking, hoping, wishing here in Atlanta. And we know the fans have been as well. And that's trying to figure out if there's any way to get this team out of what I call middling. I've heard some people go as strong as to say calling it purgatory because (laughs) it's like Atlanta just cannot figure out how to get into the winning space but somehow they stayed just beyond the losing space in the Eastern Conference. And one of those was going to be potentially a big trade. Hey, hopefully Landry Fields and company, Kyle Korver, they could put a package together where they could get some, not just a big name for the sake of a big name, but someone who could come in and arguably be your either step up and be the second person or be the third person. Obviously, Trey's number one on the rotation. You could argue that DeJounte is number two on the roster and then Jalen Johnson would be your third or some would even flip that to be honest with how Jalen's played the entire season and especially since he's been back but that said Maria I think that here in Atlanta Metro we took a collective sigh last night when we got the news that there was a blockbuster trade in the NBA that sent Pascal Siakam to the Pacers reason being he was the one guy who'd been rumored reportedly since last summer to possibly be coming to Atlanta it was the one deal that seemed like it was never off the table until last night. And there, you could kind of look at this two ways. You could think to yourself, okay, was this a product of the Raptors asking for too much? That's what a lot of the reports had been for as long as we can remember, I guess for the better part of the six months that we thought Siaka might, might land here. But I was thinking this too, and you kind of mentioned it when you talked about what we were looking for in DJ and we don't get enough out of DJ and Trey. And that is you gave up so much to get DJ and you put so much monetary stock in the likes of extending DeAndre Hunter and Onyeka Okongu and others. And I'm not bashing every one of those moves, by the way, but just saying it kind of puts you in a position where maybe it wasn't so much that the Raptors were asking for too much or any team is asking for too much, Maria, but maybe it's that the Hawks just lack the kind of assets that you have to bring to the bargaining table to really be able to affect a big move. Yeah, I think that's a huge part of it. You know, when I saw Pascal Siakam linked to the Hawks as early as last year, I thought, I don't know how in the world this team is going to pull that off. And in a scenario where the Hawks do believe that they're going to go full rebuild, which I don't know that Landry Fields and company does believe that they're going to do that. Um, Then maybe in that scenario, you can pull something off like that. The blockbuster trade happened with DeJounte. You mentioned it. You know, that was the big trade. And they all thought that, and we all did, let's be honest, that DeJounte was going to be in a different place with this team. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's not necessarily just him. I think he's a great trade piece for any team, but it's not, working to the level that everyone believed it did when they did go through with the blockbuster trade. So I I don't know what the Hawks are going to do. You know, for the first time in a long time, 
there are a million different ways they can go. I mm -hmm. think Jalen Johnson and Trey Young, probably the only two off the table when you're yeah. talking about NBA trade deadline. Other than that, there's a lot of stuff you can move around, a lot of pieces to come and go. And I think the biggest indicator is if they get rid of DeJounte, it points to me that they're leaning towards a rebuild, yeah. not necessarily yeah. full go, but at mm -hmm. least they're leaning towards it. So I think that's going to be really interesting to find out. Yeah, I think the same because I think he's probably your only piece that, unfortunately, you'd be willing to trade that's actually viable. You probably, Bogdan Bogdanovich is viable. You just can't trade him because right now you just don't have enough product yeah. productivity from that bench. And you really don't have enough productivity from this team overall from perimeter shooting. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. We know we've got about three weeks left to see <laughs> kind of how the, the the soap opera goes as it, as it comes to the Hawks. But, you know that here on the Atlanta Sports Party, we will keep you guys posted and give your reaction. Speaking of that, I just want to ask you this real quick because we kind of love to follow what's going on down the road in Athens, but also what's going on down the road in Tuscaloosa. And yeah. of course, we now know that Alabama freshman, All-American second team safety, Caleb Downs entered the transfer portal Tuesday and, yeah. or Wednesday rather, and Georgia and Ohio State are reportedly the top destinations, but he hasn't made a decision quite yet, although some will say he's leaning towards Georgia, Ohio State second. But I think there's maybe a bigger question here if you look at that whole piece, because then you even look at Caden Proctor, one of the O-linemen who also entered the transfer portal as well. And you say to yourself, Maria, if Georgia does snag downs, is this a bit bigger win for the dogs or is this a bigger loss for the Tide? Oh my gosh, that is a really good question. And I know uh, you know where I'm going with it, so I'm just putting it out there like that. I'm going to let you roll with it. You know, I that's such a good question. And I think the world of Caleb, um, I covered him when he was in high school. He's a tremendous person and and he burst onto the scene in ways that I don't think anybody could have predicted when yes. he was a freshman in Alabama, right. um, SEC freshman of the year. I mean, yes. he led Alabama in tackles um, with 50 and you know, he's just, he, he's got no ceiling. He's an incredible athlete. So I think this is a massive win for Kirby Smart, though I am incredibly concerned and not that I care about what Alabama is doing or what, what is happening to them, mm -hmm. but there is a large exodus happening yes. in Tuscaloosa right now after Nick Saban announced that he's retiring. So mm -hmm. I think in a way it's a bigger loss for Alabama just because yeah. Georgia and Kirby Smart always fine dudes and that's not diminishing mm -hmm. Caleb because I think that he's I mean he will be one that of the best players right. on that team <laughs> you right. know but I, I think it's a bigger loss for Alabama they're going through it right now but yes Caleb Downs officially in the portal I hope that Kirby Smart pulls it off that Me video too. of him <laughs> right like who wouldn't um that video of him dapping it up with Caleb on the field after the SEC championship I'm like Kirby's yeah. up to something yeah. um, you know so I I hope it works out and I hope that we can see Caleb in a dog's uniform yeah, I think you make a great point there because Kirby Smart's mind is going 24 hours a day. I wonder sometimes if the man sleeps. And you think about the story and the narrative that K.J. Bolden painted in terms of how Kirby Smart never gave up on him, continued to keep the lines of communication open. And whether people think it or not, that's the kind of thing that where Caleb Downs is getting dapped up at the end of a game. That's a line of communication, whether you think about it or not, whether you think that's what it was. And whether it was sending a message to just Caleb or others, certainly it's Kirby and that's what he does. But I agree with you. I think it's a bigger loss for the Tide as well because it speaks to a deeper issue that Kalen DeBoer may have to face as he replaces Nick Saban. And it's now his, his narrative to rewrite and his story to tell. We'll talk a little bit more about another story that's being rewritten right there in Flowery Branch when we come back.
Hey, this episode of the Atlanta Sports Party is brought to you guys by FanDuel. The NFL regular season is a wrap, but you know what it is. It's the divisional round this weekend, and there are going to be some great matchups that means you still have time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. How cool would it be to get 150 bucks right now? Because we're a little bit under a month away from Valentine's Day, which Marie and I are going to talk to you guys about that in a couple of segments. But ultimately, who wouldn't want $150 to spend for Valentine's Day? And you get that money in bonus bets, win or lose. Now, this is a pretty easy app to use. There's so many different ways that you can do it. Live same game parlays, finding bets in the new Explorer tab, making a parlay in the Parlay Hub, which is actually the best way to find popular parlays. So again, live same game parlays, finding bets in the new Explore tab, making a parlay in the Parlay Hub. Sounds to me like it's a win-win situation. So visit fanduel.com slash locked on and make your first bet a layup. That's fanduel.com slash locked on to make your first bet a layup. And Fanduel is the official partner of the NFL. All right, Maria, I'm just going to go down the laundry list because it feels like that's exactly what it is when it comes to talking about the Falcons and their head coaching interviews to, of course, replace the dearly departed Arthur Smith. So Baltimore Ravens, D.C., Mike McDonald, Bengals offense coordinator Brian Callahan, Niners, D.C., Steve Wilkes, Panthers, D.C., Ijiro Ibero, Baltimore Ravens assistant head coach and D-line coach Anthony Weaver, University of Michigan head coach Jim Harbaugh, and I'm saving the other one for last because we now know that there is round two coming up for former New England Patriots head coach Bill Belichick. According to NFL Network's Ian Rappaport, and actually we have multiple reports and confirmations now that tell us that the Falcons will indeed have a second interview with Bill Belichick. Of course, the first interview was a one-on-one -on -one with Arthur Blank, so now that means an interview with Rich McKay, Terry Fontenot, and some of the other executives for the Falcons. Now, They've already requested interviews as well with the Detroit Lions, O.C. Ben Johnson, their D.C. as well, Aaron Glenn, the Raiders interim head coach Antonio Pierce, Texans O.C. Bobby Slovic, and of course, Rams D.C. and former D.C. and interim head coach for the Falcons, Raheem Morris. That's a lot, but the Falcons are being thorough about this. And Arthur Blank mentioned that there was technically no timetable on this search. Now, here's what I think is interesting as far as twists and turns to the saga. Initially, the Falcons were blocking their own coordinators from taking interviews with other teams. And you kind of thought, okay, well, maybe that's an indication that Ryan Nielsen will stay on and there will be a head coach who's fine with him being the DC mastermind because maybe that head coach is an offensive mastermind or is bringing in his own OC. But suddenly we get word that Ryan Nielsen has been given permission to meet with the Jaguars. Marquise Williams, same thing, blocked initially from interviews, now approved to meet with the New York Giants. Do you think this maybe tips the hand of whom the Falcons might be leaning toward or giving us some type of crumbs along the pathway as, as who they're going to go with as their head coach candidate? I'm going to say yes and no. Yeah. <laughs> so, I yeah, I thought that it was interesting. And, and, and as soon as I saw that Ryan Nielsen was free to interview, I said, they're getting close. Now, yeah. that doesn't necessarily, in my opinion, indicate that it's full sell Bill Belichick, even mm -hmm. though I have heard from the beginning that that is the guy that they are going after and they're going after Same. him hard. Same. So 
there's Bill Belichick and then there's Jim Harbaugh. And I think yep. that both of them are great candidates for the Falcons. And that's not to say the other people being interviewed are not also, I think there's some great coordinators in there who could Definitely. be excellent head coaches for sure. But these are two legendary coaches. Mm-hmm. These are two high profile coaches. I wouldn't have ever thought would be interested in coaching the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah. So you need to put your dividends in these guys, these high profile coaching candidates. And, and that's what they're doing. I mean, they're they're doing their due diligence, as you mentioned. They're going through the list and, and doing a good job at interviewing a whole lot of people from a lot of different backgrounds, which I think is important. Um, I still am of the belief uh, very strongly, actually, that the Falcons should go with an offensive minded guy. And if they don't, they need to bring in somebody who can be an offensive minded guy and really have yeah. control of the offense, because um, that's just how you win in the league. Everybody knows that. But, you know, I do think that they're getting very close. And a second interview with Bill Belichick just kind of confirms everything that people have been hearing and whispering about. But what I also will say and what I want people to caution with is that the Falcons are doing a very good job at being quiet. Okay, so a lot of people do not know anything. And that is really important to mention because they could pull a 360 and surprise us, though I don't necessarily believe that's going to happen. Mm -hmm. I think they're closer now than ever. Um, It's a shame because I love Ryan Nielsen. I I know you do. And and we all love being around him. I think he's a genius. And I Mm -hmm. hope he gets a really good job if he doesn't stay here in Atlanta. But my gut tells me that uh, two guys like Bill Belichick and Jim Harbaugh said, I want my own people, which doesn't really include the staff that's here in Atlanta right now. Indeed. And I would have to say the same. And you kind of look at it and there's there's a nuance that you mentioned that maybe we don't talk about enough, but let's just be honest. Falcons, Hawks, Braves, United. There are only two teams out of those four that have really been destinations for free agents and that have really been destinations for coaches and front office. Braves and United. That's yeah. just the honest truth. United can pull just about any international player that they want at any given time. Carlos Bocanegra and company have done a great job. And even Garth Lagerway coming in has done a fantastic job. Alex Anthopoulos has done the same. There have been challenges across time. Now, when Clint Capella decided to kind of lay his anchor down here, that was huge for the Hawks. That was the first big get. And like you said, we talked about it in the last segment, DeJounte Murray, another big get because The Hawks haven't exactly been a destination. Atlanta's not been a destination. The Falcons have started to become that destination. When we heard those words come out of Calais Campbell's mouth, that was huge for the stock, not just this season, but huge for the stock next season in terms of who they can attract. When you talk about a name like Bill Belichick, whether or not there are questions about his age, questions about how long he's going to be here, there's a caveat and a cachet that comes with that name. And that's something that you can't deny. And that could be whether he goes back to his old OC and brings in Josh Daniel or whether that's talking about other uh, staff members coming on board and how you can pull in free agents. That's what matters as well. And Jim Harbaugh, contrary to popular belief, because there's always this thought that, hey, he's a guy that, oh, he's not really liked in, you know, the the NFL, but his players love him. Players yeah. had a lot, a lot of good things to say about him. I and he wins. He wins, exactly. And you can, and he wins currently, right? He's winning yeah. currently. And he has the ability to pull from his experience in the NFL that maybe has softened him a bit. But on the same token, he's also got that cachet of being the current national champion, right? So you, those are things where I think it's the nuance of that might also make this a more appealing job than anything. And I think also 
Arthur Blank has made it clear that, hey, he's got some deep pockets and he doesn't mind backing up the Brinks truck, which I think is really good. Also, I think something that might play in the Falcons' favor in terms of if Bill Belichick is their top candidate, the guy whom they really want. News came out of Dallas yesterday, Jerry Jones confirming on Wednesday that they've decided to retain Mike McCarthy. And there were thoughts that, hey, if Dallas decides to part ways with him, then ultimately that puts Bill Belichick at the top of their list. So I think, too, that might be a win low key for the Falcons because that's one less attractive head coach opening that's available. Yeah. And this has been such a crazy coaching cycle. Oh, um, yeah. We're entering, you know, we've talked about this before on the show in particular. We're entering new territory in the sense that there are expectations that in my mind are not obtainable for coaches. Like I can't even believe we're talking about Rabel not being the head coach with the Titans anymore. So it's getting crazy. Coaches are getting fired. There are a lot of emotional decisions. Um, So I was low-key excited to see Mike McCarthy having his final year in Dallas. I think this Mm -hmm. will be it, the last year of his contract. Um, But also it does tell you that Bill Belichick is more of an option for the Falcons than ever before, because the Cowboys, obviously, if that's an opening, you would link the two together, right? You know, I don't know how well Jerry Jones and Bill Belichick would actually get along, but I, what I do know is that's one of the best jobs in the NFL. It's one of the most high profile jobs. Um, Even though the Cowboys can't win in the playoffs, it's still a really good job for someone. Um, But I also think that the Falcons has slowly, you kind of said this to nature, but it's slowly become a really attractive job in the league. You're in a really rough division, right? There's Mm -hmm. a lot of things happening in the NFC South right now. There are pieces on both sides of the ball. This is a much improved roster and give Terry Fontenot and Arthur Smith some credit because they really overhauled this, this roster. And there are also now assets to get you more. And the Falcons didn't have that before. So if you're Bill Belichick and you want to go in and own a division, prove that you can win, with a quarterback, with some better pieces than what you had in New England, this is the perfect place. And and going back to what you said earlier, which I thought was a very good point, and it's very important to mention, because I know Falcons fans feel some type of way about Bill Belichick, which I don't uh, quite understand, because right. this is the best coach in NFL history. He has right. six Super Bowl wins with the Patriots, and he has more as a defensive coordinator, right? Mm-hmm. So this guy wins. Not right now, currently. Everyone relax. but. Players want to play for someone like Bill Belichick. People will come from all over the country to want to coach for him, to want to play for him. The same could be said of Jim Harbaugh, but I'm just going to Bill because the second interview is being mentioned. Mm -hmm. So I think that that's important for people to realize. Falcons fans don't understand the clout that comes with Bill Belichick, the relevance that this franchise would have. I think it's fantastic. I truly do. Indeed. And for all of you out there who were triggered by the thought of Bill Belichick in 28 to 3, just imagine the same man that destroyed your hopes, dreams, and aspirations (laughs) can take it all away in a matter of a season or two or three because I don't know how long they'll have him. He's probably a win now type of coach. And hey, look, he's got something to gun for because he wants those wins. He wants to be that winningest coach. And so it could be a win-win situation. Like it's we said, here storm. And it's, it's a per- perfect exact, storm. You couldn't write this in Hollywood, Maria, if they end Literally. up getting him and he ends up winning a Super Bowl in Atlanta. You cannot make these things up. Some other things that you can't make up is the things that we do right here in the Metro around Valentine's Day. We're going to talk about it on the other side. 
This episode of the Atlanta Sports Party is brought to you by Game Time. Now, you shouldn't have to worry when you buy tickets for your next big event. Game Time's fast and easy. It's a way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. Now, listen, I know that we're disappointed that the Falcons didn't quite make it into the postseason, but there is an Atlanta tie to the Super Bowl. You know it. Ursher, he's going to be performing, so you may want to get those last-minute tickets to the Super Bowl, game time is where you can get it done with killer last minute deals, all in prices, views from your seat and their best price guarantee takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. You can see the view from your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Game time also has this really cool guarantee. It means you'll always get the best price and if, if you find tickets in the same section and row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. So. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Download the app, create an account, and use code Locked On for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Terms do apply, but again, create an account and redeem the code L O C K E D O N is the code for twenty dollars off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. So Maria, we are woo, coming up on two big things on February 14th. I'm going to talk about the one that's not Captain Obvious first, and then we'll talk about Captain Obvious to wrap up. But for you and I, it's exciting because it's spring training that's right around the corner. MLB announced Wednesday that Braves pitchers and catchers will report to North Point, Florida on February 14th. And of course, the first workout Pitchers and catchers will be here February 15th. I literally feel like you and I were just having a conversation about how we thought the Braves were going to go all the way, and then they didn't go all the way. And now we're here talking about a season where, oh, my God, we're talking about the possibility of them going all the way again. I don't know about you, but I thought that was pretty cool. Every time I see pitchers and catchers reporting, I get amped. Yeah, spring training is one of my favorite things that I cover and I get to go do. It, it's a good opportunity for fans to also see guys in their natural habitat and not yes. just with the games. Like they're a lot more relaxed at spring training. So it's really fun. And it's it's a good opportunity to get to know some of the newer guys, which there's not a whole lot for the Braves, but there are certainly ones that we're all very interested to talk to. Chris Sale will be the big story yes. coming out of spring training and all those bullpen arms that Anthopolis has brought back. Some of the guys coming back from injury on mm -hmm. um in the bullpen and then you have max freed you know i don't know how much longer he could be in atlanta brave so right. we gotta soak up all those moments with max too um no i don't know anything so everyone don't freak out but yeah spring training is the best it's great it gets uh warm weather in my system which i yeah. love and it's just such a good time i cannot wait i can't wait yeah, I can remember the first time I was working at a regional sports network in Florida, in Tampa to be exact. And I can remember the first time I drove by North Point and I was just like a kid in a candy store. I'm like, oh, this is oh, you know? yeah. <laughs> it's so cool. It's not just, you know, it's, it's Braves, of course, but it's not just Braves. Yeah. Yankees, of course, have their training facility down there as well. It's just a really, really cool environment to check out. And I, there was a gym that I would work out at and I could see the Braves working out like kind of when I pulled out of the gym or pulled into the gym. It was just the coolest thing. And, you know, just to hear players like Jose Perdomo, who, like you said, we're not going to see him anytime soon necessarily in a Braves uniform, although crazier things have happened. Michael Harris a second. Uh, <laughs> crazier things have happened, but ultimately just to hear like, hey, how excited he was to be able to see that facility. And you mentioned Chris Sale. I think that's going to be exciting to get our eyes on him. And there was a video that went viral this week showing Ronald Acuna Jr. switched 
hitting. And everybody's like, whoa, I don't know if it's something that we're going to see in the regular season, but I bet he wouldn't mind putting on a show for you if you happen to make your way down to uh, Northport. So yeah, guys, it's three weeks away. We are literally knee deep in talking about football and we've not gotten even to the Super Bowl and basketball. And here we are talking baseball once again. So exciting stuff, but also for all the lovers out there, February 14th has another meaning, of course, and that is Valentine's Day. And there was a story that came out about Waffle House already putting the word out that if you want to make that your destination for Valentine's Day, Maria, they're accepting reservations. So (laughs) so I tweet, I texted you last night in the group and I was like, look at this, Maria. And you were like, oh my God, Levi would totally love this. And I was like, yeah, Levi would love it, but I need to hear if Mrs. If Mrs. Levi will be on board with that too. <laughs> no, I also like, I don't like going out to dinner on Valentine's Day. And lucky Dang. enough for both of us, I'm going to be on my way to Northport. So it doesn't even yes. matter. But um, yeah, and I don't know. Valentine's Day just bugs me really bad. Like I, I'm married and, you know, I don't know. I just, it's celebrate who you love, your friends, your family every day. Yeah. You know, you don't, every day. you don't have to go to dinner and spend a bunch of money like they jack up the prices at the restaurants and it's crowded and it's just I don't know I don't like it but maybe Waffle House would be different I have a feeling Waffle House is going to honor their prices oh definitely I think so too and I think it's going to be a hoot like I really think we're going to see some of the fun stories the funniest stories coming out of people going to Waffle House like I'm here on social media for it yeah I just want to kind of check it like kind of peeping, you know, be a little bit of a peeping Tom and see, ooh, who landed at that Waffle House or ooh, who's at my favorite Waffle House? Because I know that while there's one in every corner, every one of us has a favorite Waffle House that we love to go to. Yeah, so I probably would love to see who like stopped at my favorite Waffle House. Shout out to the Glenwood crew because I'm over there on a weekly basis. So hey, Glenwood Waffle House family. But yeah, I'm like you, I've gone out for Valentine's Day exactly once. And there's a reason for that because the prices were jacked up. And then even if you made an early reservation, it didn't matter because they were like, the restaurant was already backed up by like 5.30. We thought we were doing something special and no, we didn't get seated until 6.30. And of course the food, the service was slow. And it was just one of those things where I don't know. I think it's better, like you said, two things. If we lay low and we kind of make our own Valentine's day at the house, I'm good with that. But I'm also good with loving on people every single day and showing your love that way. And yeah, like I know Galentine's day is now a thing. So I wonder Waffle House, are you going to do anything for Galentine's day? Inquiring minds want to know about that too. <laughs> Wait, and let's not forget the fact that restaurants run out of food all the time. All like if you're, if you're going late for Valentine's day or Galentine's day or whatever you want to do, go right. out with your mom, it doesn't matter. But like the restaurants run out of food. And so I don't like that. And obviously nobody likes that. So by the no. time you get to dinner, there's no food. But Waffle House, they're not running out of food. I got no. full faith in Waffle House. Yeah, they're the one restaurant where I tell you they're going to have more batters of waffles ready. It's gonna be great. Yeah, it's, it's going to be so much fun. Like, I'm all here for it. But, you know, Maria, if you're one of those people who wants to be adventurous, you can always travel up to Charlotte because the Hawks are on the road that day. Or you guys can can go down to Northport. That would be kind of a cool day because you know what? Real talk, there are some really fun things to do in Central Florida, some really cool things to do. And it's going to be warm enough, kind of, sort of, that even if you wanted to do something 
on the beach, you might actually be able to do it. So you guys have to let us know what you end up doing as we get closer, or you got to let us know after the fact. We can have a little fun with it on the Atlanta sports party that's around Valentine's Day. As always, we appreciate you guys for stopping by the show today. We want to let you know that the Locked On Sports Atlanta YouTube channel is now streaming live 24-7. It's all things Atlanta sports, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And remember to like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. We will see you on the Hawks postcast on Friday.